currently she is the chair of the Department of Pan-African Studies at California State University, and she was the co-founder of the Los Angeles chapter of Black Lives Matter. People are asking now, why does this movement feel so different than back in 2013 when it was Trayvon Martin? And she said, well, back in 2013, we were building the planes as we were trying to fly. Now we have a complete fleet. There's this crazy story of her being arrested in 2018, and I'm going to go through the whole thing because it's emblematic of everything that's going on. Hello and welcome to Broads You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and noteworthy women in history. I'm Justin Xavier. I'm Sam Eckers. And I'm Sarah Gorski. And today I'm going to be talking about Melina Abdullah. Ooh, I have not heard that name. Yeah, she is uh, She is active right now. She came to my attention just a few weeks ago during the midst of all these Black Lives Matter protests happening around the globe. Uh, she yes. she had a she had a viral tweet that went out. It just said, "This is an uprising, a rebellion, a revolt." Yes. So I followed her, and I've been looking. I've just been periodically seeing her tweets, and been like, "She she seems like th- there's more to this." And so I started looking into who she is, and I'm like, "Oh wow, no, she absolutely is somebody we have to cover on this show." Oh cool. Oh man, I can't wait. Uh, just a couple of things I want to say, like up front, just like bookkeeping or whatever the phrase would be. Uh, so because she's still alive and active, uh, there's not a ton of information about her. There's not a lot about her personal life. Um, mm-hmm. And her Wikipedia page is almost blank. But mm. I have tons of stuff from articles that she's done, uh, quotes that she's given, stories about her. So it's I, I managed to piece it all together. But hey, here we are. <laughs> Cool. Yeah. So currently she is the chair of the Department of Pan-African Studies at California State University, and she was the co-founder of the Los Angeles chapter of Black Lives Matter. Uh, If you have seen the documentary 13th, directed by Ava DuVernay, Mm -hmm. she is in it. She speaks in it. Um, If you haven't seen it, it's available for free online. Netflix made it available to everyone, and you should definitely watch it. I have seen it, but what was was the section she's... I don't remember her specifically. Mm -hmm. What part did she speak in? I think she's just kind of throughout. Like, she's just an expert, and so they Hmm. cut to her to talk about it. I gotta rewatch it tonight. I have to rewatch it. I'm gonna rewatch it, too. I've been meaning to, but I know... (laughs) Yeah, because I don't remember. She's also in uh, Waking the Sleeping Giant, uh, When Justice Isn't, Justice or Else, and the TV series Two Sides. These are all documentaries, I think. Oh. And she just speaks on black history because she's very knowledgeable. But the, another interesting thing that I discovered when I was doing this research is the articles that were written before 2020 and the articles about her that have come out since 2020 uh, are very different in the way that they describe her and her uh, opinions. Oh. But she has been very consistent for, for everything I found, she's been on the same message, which is defund the police, Black Lives Matter. Like, she's been just through and through. It's like, as she gets popular, people start to, like, put words in her mouth and stuff. Is that, like... It's like, because she was speaking about things that weren't widely known or accepted by white people, they covered her to in a way to try to make her seem more radical. Mm. 
interesting. Well, everybody thinks yeah. that yeah. defund so the police is so radical, and like people have been saying it for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Right. So here's uh, something in 2017. This is from the article. Uh, it's describing her. It says, at a conference on intersectionality and diversity, Abdullah called police, quote, former slave catchers and warned college students of the, quote, target on their back. Whoa. Such incendiary comments about police are not unusual from Dr. Abdullah. And it goes on to explain that she's like this super anti-police hardcore woman who's out there like trying to take people down. And I was <laughs> like, what is going on? Because uh, then the articles in 2020 are like, she says police were former slave catchers, which is true. <laughs> and like just acknowledging that everything she's saying is maybe not so radical. Wow. So... Now, going back, the very little bit we have about her personal life, she was born in East Oakland. Uh, her father was a union organizer and a self-proclaimed Trotskyist. <laughs> she was formerly, for most of her life, she was Melina Ryman, not Melina Abdullah. Uh, and she's the granddaughter of Gunter Ryman, who is a world-renowned Marxist economist and a German communist. Wow. Wow. He worked underground with German social democrats and communist resistance fighters during World War II. Uh, and in 1934, the Gestapo raided his house and arrested his student guest named Hu Lan Shi, who would become the Red Army's first female general. Whoa! Wow. Yeah, so her grandpa was a badass, too. Yeah. She, her family's been fighting the fight forever. Fighting the That's fight. amazing. Mm-hmm. So right after that happened, he fled the Nazis and, and came to New York. Currently, Melina, um, she took Abdullah from her first husband, but they're no longer together. But she kept the name. No information about that. She lives in Crenshaw with her three children. She's a single mother. She graduated from Howard University in Washington, D.C., and then came to the University of Southern California to get her Ph.D. and her master's. Uh, And in 2013, she helped found the L.A. chapter of Black Lives Matter after the acquittal of George Zimmerman, who murdered Trayvon Martin. Yeah, 2013, you said? That was, like, the big thing. I just can't believe it was that long ago. When you just said 2013, I was like, wait, was it really 2013? Yeah. Yeah. And was that really seven years ago? Fuck. Yeah. I know. Have we been fighting this fight since then and ever before that and all the way back? Yeah, well, since emancipation. Right. Holy shit. So... She she talked about the the day that George Zimmerman was acquitted and just how the black community sort of handled it. And she said, the day he was acquitted, everybody went to Limert Park. That's where everybody black went whenever something happened. You didn't need a Facebook post. People were milling about, hugging each other. Then we decided to march. I had a debate with another organizer who wanted to march south down Crenshaw Boulevard. I was holding a bullhorn. I yelled, go north. If you go into black neighborhoods, nobody cares what you do. If you go north into whiter, affluent neighborhoods, they do. Mm-hmm. The first planned Black Lives Matter protest was along Wilshire, ending at Rodeo Drive. All the white folks watching who were whining and dining in Beverly Hills were shocked. I don't <laughs> think po- the police knew what to do at all. <laughs> they didn't. Because in this last round of protests we've been doing, they like will not let the, the march get to Beverly Hills. Uh, like mm-hmm. They like... They had the National Guard blocking us. I say us because I was there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's disgusting. 
But she said, we've been very deliberate in saying that the violence and pain and hurt that's experienced on a daily basis by black folks at the hand of a repressive system should also be visited upon to a degree to those who think they can just retreat to white affluence. So we're just going to shove this in your face and you have to deal with it because it's our daily lives. Mm. Yeah, that's the only way to get it. No, like get change made is by disturbing the white people who are so comfortable. Yeah. So there's this crazy story of her being arrested in 2018. And I'm going to go through the whole thing because it's emblematic of everything that's going on. Oh my God, I'm so excited. (laughs) So uh, there's a, a black woman named Wakisha Wilson. And in 2016, she died in police custody. Police said that they found her hanging in her jail cell at the Metropolitan Detention Center. The coroner's office ruled her death to be a suicide. Activists said that not only was Wakisha not suicidal, but they noted that it was strange that LAPD had failed to notify her family of her death when they found her. Was this before uh. or after Sandra Bland? Because that was Sandra Bland's story, too. I don't, I don't actually know when, when it was in comparison Fucking to Fucking crazy. Okay, sorry. I didn't mean to no. interrupt. Um, so on May 8th, 2018, Wakisha's aunt, Sheila Hines Brim, attended a police commission hearing. There's a, there's a video of this. I watched it. It's pretty great. <laughs> she, she walks up to the then chief of police, Charlie Beck, and just sprinkles some dust on him, turns around and says, that's Wakisha, which <gasps> makes everyone think that those are her ashes that she oh. just threw on him oh my gosh oh my god she could not have been more calm quiet and peaceful when she did this and to see the reactions of all the police just turn into this just anger and rage at her she just walks up sprinkles the dust turns around and starts walking away Mm -hmm. she's immediately detained and arrested for misdemeanor battery on a police officer oh my god what it's ashes it's ashes, but she apparently committed misdemeanor battery. Is this in L.A.? Like, oh. Did you say where this was? L.A.? L.A. It's L.A. Oh. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, my God. So, Melina Abdullah uh, arrived at the building at this time because she attends uh, the police commission hearings every Tuesday because she wants to stay informed. And as an educator, wow. she said she likes to teach her students that it's... It's vital, it's essential that you participate if you're going to be an activist. You have to know everything that's going on. You have to stay up to date. So she attends every week. This time she was a little bit late. She arrives and um, she she sees that this woman's being arrested. And she goes, no, 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 she's a family member. She's the auntie. And she starts asking all the people around to film it. She says, film this, film what's happening. We need to have evidence. Immediately, the police say, arrest Melina too. Uh, and she goes, why? What What have I done? They take her into custody. She is also charged with battery of a police officer. And people what? are filming, though, at the same time. Yes. She is. <laughs> oh, my God. But she doesn't find out right away. They don't let her know. But what they do is they set bail for Melina and Sheila at $20,000. What? Jeez. Fuck so, the police. Yeah, for real. So Melina's in jail for about 10 hours before they bring up the bail and get her out. Uh, Sheila gets out two hours later. Um, But during the time that she's detained, uh, police commissioner Beck makes a public statement. 
Today's assault was not only disrespectful to the office of the chief of police, but more importantly to a process of community engagement recognized across our nation. Our police commission is the model for civilian oversight in every major city across the country and is designed to invite productive discourse in a public setting. This only created chaos and fear for any Angelinos who wanted to voice their opinion about policing in our city. Yes, you're right. It did create fear for any Angelinos who wanted to voice their concerns. Dude, to fucking arrest throwing them. ashes in someone's face is so amazing. That is like an amazing thing to do. I'm wow. in awe. I am in awe. That is a powerful. Like, what else do you? What else do you got? You killed my 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 niece, and I have her ashes here, and you're still in power. So I'm gonna show up to your office, and I'm gonna make you face it. Oh my god. And I of course, can only hope that when I am faced with a situation like that, that I have the ball to do it, to do something like that. That is, like, so... I'm in awe and admiration. Yeah. So, Wilson's family filed a lawsuit over her death, and in late 2019, Los Angeles settled outside of court and gave the family $298,000, but admitted no fault. Ugh. That's uh, it? Yeah, that's it. dollars Yeah, just that. That's nothing. I know. For a $3 billion police force? Mm-hmm. The fuck? It wasn't until after the settlement that Wilson's family learned that LAPD had fired the jailer who had improperly isolated her in her cell and who found her body unconscious and failed to render any medical aid. Uh, she was like, why didn't you tell me that you fired that person? It kind of feels like there's some cover-up going on. Yeah, yeah no kidding. No yeah. shit. <laughs> um, the fuck? After the incident, after Abdullah got out, she she was notified by mail that she was she had a misdemeanor charge for battery, and then when she went to a, a hearing to hear the um, what's it she called was, found, they, was she found guilty? Was she prosecuted? Uh, I, th- I think that the case is still ongoing. Honestly, oh my god! Uh, because what happened is. Her single misdemeanor charge multiplied into eight misdemeanor charges spread across three separate dates uh, when she had been arrested for various protests or arrests that she had had. And she looked at her, she had her lawyers look at all the dates and the arrests and they were like, how come all these times you were arrested with other white women, you're the only one being charged with a crime? And how come they didn't charge you then? Why are they charging you now? This doesn't yeah. make sense. Oh, uh, shit. That's shady as fuck. Right. Damn. Oh, this is a high language episode for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is all so fucking upsetting. It's, it's infuriating because this is happening right now. Yeah. And, and people are still out there saying that this shit doesn't happen. But when it's done being done so blatantly, it's uh, it, it, it feels appalling, but it shouldn't be appalling because, like you said, it's happening all the time, constantly, right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're just going to keep on covering it up. Like, the fact that, that there's black men being found hanging from trees across the country right now, oh. and every single one of them is being ruled as a suicide, so is insane. infuriating to so, me. So, yeah. <sighs> anyway, Ab- Abdullah is quoted as saying, uh, Charlie Beck, that's the police commissioner who did all this shit, Mm-hmm. Uh, built a PR machine of 70 sworn officers plus civilian support staff and workers. They're going to outmaneuver us. Just acknowledging the system is what it is. There's way more of them. And they're all targeting me single, like, alone. 
Wow. And it's because they're afraid of her because she's powerful and she has a voice and she's going out there and speaking the truth. Mm-hmm. Oh. So fast forward to George Floyd. Yeah. And uh, she's been doing tons and tons of press and interviews during this time because people are asking now, this movement feels very different. Like, why does this movement feel so different than back in 2013 when it was George Zimmerman and or Trayvon Martin more? And she said, well, back in 2013, we were building the planes as we were trying to fly. Now we have a complete fleet. Yes. Right. So the movement is still black-led, but things have changed. White people have been awakened. They understand they don't get to say they aren't racist just because their grandfather wasn't in the KKK. I want to credit organizations like White People for Black Lives and other allies for being a part of that. Hmm. Yeah, they are. They're very organized. I mean, the protests here have been very well organized and they've like worked with like the organizers of Pride. Like they worked to kind of take over that event and like it all seemed really well done to me, at least. Uh, You know, I'm sure that there's issues here and there, but yeah, the event, the protests I've been to have been overwhelmingly well organized, peaceful, just incredible, powerful moments. Yeah, and any time of day you can, like, look and easily find where the protests are and go join them. Like, mm-hmm. even now, three weeks later. It's, it's very inspiring seeing everyone standing up and coming together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were outside my window, like, a few hours ago. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's amazing. So, on looting, she someone asked her about looting, and she said, Look, the looting is not as violent as the police violence that's the source of the protesting. Focusing on broken windows is a deliberate decision. Why aren't media focused more on the brutal reaction by cops to protesters? When we Mm -hmm. took over the 101 freeway, a California Highway Patrol cruiser plowed into our protester group. One person was seriously hurt, but the cops drove away and left him for dead. We ended up getting him to a hospital. Last week, police shot actor Kendrick Sampson with rubber bullets seven times and beat up his friend and sent him to the hospital. I've watched news cameras turn away when things start to get that brutal. Hmm. Then yeah. the calling out, calling out liberal hypocrisy. I love this whole quote. She says, "Oh my gosh, let's go." <laughs> <laughs> we can act like liberal white supremacy is the answer to Trump. It's not. Mayor Garcetti makes sympathetic statements, but he is terrible when it comes to actions. Mm-hmm. He has not been good on police reform. He likes to tell us he was in Ethiopia when he was in the Peace Corps, and that Ben Jealous was his roommate once. It is important to look not just at somebody's profile, but their policy. Garcetti is on the opposite side of defunding police. Trump is talking about calling in military, but Garcetti already brought in the National Guard. We've seen them rolling through Crenshaw in parts of the city where there's no protest activity at all. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. She's right. She's so right. Mm -hmm. Well, that Uh, sort of comes back to the economics of the situation, right? Where it's like, how how do we defeat a system where money talks? Right. That and that is sort of a, a huge. Gar- Garcetti right is going to appease where where the money is. Yeah. yeah, well, because he did like he. The only thing he has done is he rerouted some of the additional money that was going to go to the police budget back to the communities. Mm-hmm. But right. it's still only but like not much. It's yeah, like between between fifty and two hundred thousand of a three billion dollar police budget. So like. Yeah. It's not defunding the police. It's, it's just like the right. amount of money that you'd give to pay off somebody whose kid you killed. Yeah. yeah. By yeah. the way, this is a total side note, but I like to talk about it whenever I can. Did you guys see the police commission meeting where they just get yelled at for eight hours by people? 
<laughs> no, no, that sounds amazing. Sounds they have people. They have really... like the police commission that like answers to the people is there, and people call in because it's COVID, so they're not doing in-person meetings. People oh, I saw. Yeah, I saw one of those. And they just like are fucking yelling and ranting and calling out all the bullshit. And like, I didn't watch it in like when it was live. I've just watched kind of like the best of hits reel from it. But it's pretty fucking awesome. It's just like they're just trying to like all of them just have this look on their face. And <laughs> the police chief at one point like puts his mask on. <laughs> You're like, wow, that dude is not handling this very well. It oh my god. was so gratifying. Oh my gosh. Uh, that sounds like it's gonna be good for my soul. I'm gonna Yeah, I'll I'm gonna send you the that. link. I'll send you okay. the link, Justin. It was so great. Oh um, so I just have a couple more bullet points to run. Oh yeah. This She's part. so great. I'm in love with her. So in February of this year. She sued the chief of police, Charlie Beck, for the 2018 incident, citing mm. wrongful prosecution. Nice. So it's, it's just it just happened. He, he stepped down from his position on April 15th of this year. He was replaced by the Dallas police chief, David Brown, and Charlie Beck relocated to Chicago and is now their chief of police. <laughs> so as soon as I read that, I was like... Holy shit. Ugh. It's the same thing the priests do, or the, the church does with child molester priests. Yeah. Yeah, they just move we'll, to a different church. We'll, we'll get rid of them, we'll put them in another city, and no one will know. It's and we'll the, take oh my God. Well, there's no, and, there's no centralized place for any, for, for any type of police misconduct to be reported, right? So it's like, even if, let's say, even if a cop who's in a lower level in, in Los Angeles, who's not chief, not so doesn't have all the notoriety well, has has an issue and he's fired let's say he's fired for you know extreme for for extreme brutality or something and he could just leave and go to like Dallas Texas no well, no one's going to know they they the there's only, no nothing. I mean the only the only organization yeah. that would have the power in that situation is the unions and the unions are the ones protecting all the cops so it's still, it's fucked up so fucked it's up. some fucked up shit it's pretty frustrating and then just uh, stats on on May thirty first, Melina said that by her count, six hundred and one people have been killed by the LAPD under the administration of Eric Garcetti and Jackie Lacey. The oh. LA Times homicide report only shows three hundred and twenty nine, so it's like half. And she says that this is due to police cover ups and false suicide reports. Oh, bastards! Like they literally have covered up half of the killings. Is that wow. um, is that no? Is that statistics just black people or everybody? Uh, I think it's just people. It said six hundred and one people okay. have been killed by the LAPD. Hol- but still, holy shit! If the art, if the fight is against police brutality, you know, yeah, it's probably Hispanic people too. Maybe a couple of them are white, but like the issue is the issue. The police are too violent. <laughs> yeah. No shit. Oh, defund the police. Defund the police. Justin, right. use that hashtag for this I episode. Will. <laughs> I will. Hey, there you go. On the, uh, speaking on the future of Black Lives Matter, she says, We're taking this day by day. Black Lives Matter has been around for seven years now. We are not going anywhere. There's protest and there's policy. Before this moment, we'd started to build momentum for the people's budget for this city. We will build more. And I just thought that was a nice positive note to go out on yeah looking towards the the fact that i mean 
on on the one hand, it's like, wow, has Black Lives Matter really been around for seven years? And on the other hand, it's like, wow, but Black Lives Matter's only been around for seven years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and only um, now is it becoming a phrase that like my mom knows, right? You know? So there is hope in the future, and uh, this moment, as terrifying as it feels, is uh, I, I feel like is leading us in a pretty good direction. And I'm very excited to see what else Melina Abdullah does in her time. I yeah. we'll have to have a follow-up episode at some point in a couple of years. I hope yeah. I hope in the follow-up episode we find out that she won that lawsuit. Oh, me too. Yeah, Ugh. no shit. That would be great. What a broad. She's a great broad. I want to meet her. I want to join her. I want to support her. I got to Oh. Yeah, I, do I, I do too. Everything. Well, if you go to the police the police commission meeting on Tuesday, you'll meet her. She's always there. Wow. Yeah. I love it. Wow, what a broad. Thank you, Justin. Thanks, Justin. She's a great one. Thank you for listening. If you want to support the show, leave us a review on iTunes. It makes us more searchable and helps us find new listeners. Or you can just tell a friend about the show. That also helps us find new listeners. You can reach out to us on Instagram if you have any ideas for broads for future episodes, at broads you should know, or send us an email at broadsyoushouldknow at gmail.com. We will be back next week to tell you all about another broad that you should know. Or you can head to our website, broadsyoushouldknow.com, to find all of the resources and, and sources that we've used to find this information. Thanks again for listening, and see you next week.